You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Mark Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Starkville, Mississippi's college town. And uh, there's a lot of people here downtown this morning after a morning, early afternoon football game. Had a ton of people downtown last night. Nothing beats a game day weekend. And, um, but we did play oh, football. I don't know. Well, we did play football yesterday. Root canals. <laughs> 41-14 LSU beat State in the game yesterday. Charlie, I was trying to think to, um, to how we attacked this. And first and foremost, yesterday we said all day that we're going to go in and we're just going to record Sunday coffee Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Sometimes we will do that if we have something that's on the calendar for a Sunday. And I have 13U baseball later today. And so we were going to record yesterday. And then I was going to make my way to another part of the state and watch baseball today. But we looked at each other in the postgame show last night and said, you know what? We need a night to sleep on this. Gather some thoughts. The Monday cool down was such a brilliant idea. It was a brilliant idea. That extra day might have done me some good. Yeah, and so here's my thoughts, Charlie, and you may completely disagree with this. Every Friday we get together for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, and we go over numbers. We go over who the big players are going to be for the opposing team, and here are numbers to watch for the game. I don't even know if I want to look at the stats. I think this is one of those mornings. I And what, we, what do we say every now and then that, hey – we're not going to get emotional. We're going to get factual. And I think this morning, I really don't want to get factual, but I'm trying to stay away from being emotional. I got to thinking about the numbers this morning coming in, and all I could think about was the Stephen A. Smith clip that makes the Internet, I don't care. <laughs> you know, we don't care. Because what can the numbers tell you about yesterday that you didn't already see? We got beat in a lot of areas in a lot of ways, at pretty much the same time, it wasn't good. Uh, it wasn't good. So, what do you? I mean, bringing in numbers. Here's what you need to know: LSU scored almost every time they had the football. We didn't we score. Did score. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they made it at times look easy. They beat us up. Uh, the one time we fought back, we got a penalty and a targeting call. Hopefully, that is overturned. But there's I – mean, what are you going to say? Hey, we punted well. Hey, I'll say this, though. I think we did we punt get well. going. So, early and often. Um, here's what I think probably bears some stating right out of the gate. Um, this is just two guys sitting around talking. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly my point. And so, just to kind of wrap this around, we started Sunday Coffee two years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago, when we beat LSU down in Baton Rouge, we just decided to get together on a Sunday morning, two guys with a cup of coffee, and talk about the ball game. 
and, and spiked the football a little bit that day. We spiked the heck out of the football that day. I mean, we were talking about Heisman trophies and all that good stuff. And by the way, the coffee that we drink comes from a Strange Brew Coffee House. This morning, I drove by Charlie, and there was a healthy line. There's a ton of people that are getting in on the secret of Strange Brew Coffee. We have overachieved. So what did we do? We came to the studios, the Farm Bureau studios, by the way. Farm Bureau go with the home team. And we have pods in the back of the studio that we got from Strange Brew Coffee House. I got some blueberry cobbler flavor coffee. You got your black coffee over there, just like my eighth grade girlfriend's heart. She broke my heart, Charlie. It was a dark heart is what she had. Anyway... We are drinking Strange Brew Coffee this morning, and if you want some of those pods, you can go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they'll ship it to you. They have mugs. They're in three locations now, Starkville, Tupelo is Brupolo, and then in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And so when we started Strange Brew Coffee that first day, when we were not drinking Strange Brew Coffee, I think we were just drinking something out of the, out of the back can back there, but it was just two guys sitting around a table, and just talking about what they saw the day before. I'm not telling anybody what to think. I'm not trying to preach to the preach to you and tell you what you can't think and what you can't do. I'm not telling you how you should feel about yesterday's game. All we're going to do and all I'm going to do is just tell you my thoughts. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, look, I'm a big First Amendment guy, okay? I um you pay your money, you sit in the stands and as long as you're not vulgar to obscene, you're entitled to form whatever opinion and verbalize whatever opinion you care to verbalize as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I get to verbalize it back. The only thing I wish, I think when we drafted the First Amendment, you had the right to say it, but you also had the right to get challenged to a duel, okay? Didn't work out so well for (laughs) Alexander Hamilton. But basically, kind of implicit in the First Amendment right to say what you thought was kind of the reciprocal right to get punched in the face. That's one of the problems with the Internet these days, right? You don't have the... You don't have the same ability to, to get punched in the face, but so it goes. Well, that's what I was about to say. What did, what did our, what does our good friend Tommy New say about the working in the oil fields? A little oil field justice. Oil field justice. And, and being in, in a country guy, and one of the things that we were always taught, you run your mouth, sometimes you get popped in the face. And I think that's one of the things that has kind of lost on the world today, especially on the Internet when you don't consequences. know. Consequences. Yeah, there are no, no consequences to what you say. There's a lot of times that I hold my tongue just because I think in the back of my mind, just like I was taught as a kid, if you run your mouth, you may get popped. You of may course. get a broken nose. We might ought to both hold it more. But <laughs> all that to say, no, look, this just uh, – I, I think it's important to get back to that premise because I don't want to be too high, don't want to be too low, but – I uh, have used this line before, but I think about it in the movie Rocky Three, the best of the Rockies, by the way. I don't want to hear any Rocky Four talk out of you. I'm Rocky Four. Rocky Three, the best, because it had Hulk Hogan and it had Mr. T. And as Rocky is getting ready to fight Hulk Hogan in that charity match, Mickey, the trainer, looks at him. He says, you ever fight a dinosaur kid? And he said, no. He said, they can do a variety of damage. <laughs> Um, we fought a dinosaur yesterday, and it did a variety, variety. of damage to us. Yeah, it's kind of similar to I don't have I don't think I've told you what happened to me on Thursday night. I was broadcasting volleyball. We played at six and played Lipscomb. Won that match, by the way. And so the match was at six. It was over at eight, 
and I was leaving Starkville, headed back south, and I got just north of Louisville, and I was driving, you know, in the southbound lane, and I, I saw something like coming, you know, ahead, and I was like, something looks weird about that, and it was a car. It was a car coming that was driving north in the southbound lane on the four lane. Scared me today. Have you ever had that happen? Yes, one time. Oh, man, let me tell you. And I didn't realize it until we got probably 100 yards away. So what does that mean? By the time you react, it's 50 yards away, and that car was barreling down, man. And so I had, you know, I was driving you know, speed limit a couple miles an hour over, not really speeding that bad. Man, I locked it up, got over, got out of the way. And uh, scared the ever-loving dog out of me. I mean, that's one of my ultimate fears, man, because, you know, you hear people having that, you know, of dying that way. And did the guy get off the road? The guy got off the road. I think it scared him just as bad as it did me. All right, so here's where your metaphor is breaking down, okay? Because what you're about to do is compare us. And LSU. And LSU. Here's the difference. LSU didn't get off the road. No, they were a Mack truck. So that's what I was <laughs> okay. about to say. They were they were a Mack truck that was loaded down with boudin coming right at me. All well, right? and we were driving. We we got the uh, the Enterprise to the counter and to say, hey, we all we got is a nineteen seventy five Pinto because that's what we were yesterday. Well, here's the problem: we didn't even blow the horn. No, yesterday. Okay, I mean it was. Oh, they were they were an eighteen wheeler going downhill with no brakes yesterday. Okay, and I. I say that, and I'll say this: LSU played probably as good as they could play yesterday. This was a preseason top ten team who did not play well in the second half against Florida State. Jaden Daniels probably threw the ball better yesterday than he ever has in his life, and I think we probably had something to do with that. Yeah, I think that's the that's the big thing. They, I think the thing that scares me a little bit is, for the most part. It was almost like a walkthrough for them. I mean, we didn't challenge them much at all in terms of stopping them. And, look, we got plenty to talk about on offense. So, let me let me leave that aside. But you bring up Jaden Daniels. That was like seven on seven out there yesterday. He was 30 of 34. He set an LSU record yesterday for the highest completion percentage on attempts over 25 yards. 30 for 34. He targeted neighbors 13 times, and neighbors had 13 catches. But to me, the thing that was kind of – it was tough to handle is it seemed like – and, hey, you know, college football ain't easy. So what I'm about to say is really simplifying this thing. I thought he had a lot of easy throws. Well, he had time. When he didn't have time, he always seemed to have a lane to take advantage of. But there was a lot of pitch and catch. And I thought there were a lot of times where that intermediate pass was open, the play on fourth down, where they just throw it into the end zone and score. They uh, they did not look like the team that I saw play Florida State. And, hey, let's back up. I want to say one thing, though, as we come in today. You know, we talk about the difficulty, and I don't relish doing these shows. It's a lot more fun after a win, right? Hey, we've had and, to do them before. And I think – but, see, that's the exact point. Um, there's a lot of revisionist history that creeps into analysis as a fan. Because if you were to get on the internet right now, what you would read is a lot of, I want Leach back, I want the air raid back. Many of those same people a year ago were saying, I told y'all this was never going to work in the SEC, we got to get rid of Mike Leach, right? And 
look, two years ago we went and played Alabama, had fewer yards than we did yesterday. And now normally it's Alabama or Georgia that does that to us. <laughs> Usually it's those games we sign the non-compete clause. Yeah. But, you know, there's at least a game a year. If you want to go back, even back to Dan's time, there were there always seemed to be that game a year where we were just going to get whipped. And just didn't didn't play well in any fact. I remember one night, and I probably shouldn't have done it, um, because here's the, here's the thing, Charlie, as you know, and when you're doing a post game show, sometimes the hardest thing we do in in sports, and from a broadcasting standpoint, whether we're broadcasting a ball game, or whether we're doing a post game show, is at our core, we're fans. At our core, we care about this place. At our core, we want to win. And when it doesn't go that way, the easy thing to do and the thing that would get us fired is to come in is to go out there after a game and, and say some things that that every other fan can say. But one night I read the menu from Bulldog Burger. I came back the first segment. I was so mad after a ball game. It was one of those games like you just said. I, Dan was a coach. And I remember that night I was so mad at how we just did not show up. And I was trying to think about what to say. Matt was on the road. It was back when we were splitting the post game. And so it was just me at Bulldog Burger. And I came back and I was like, hey, we're at Bulldog Burger Company and the appetizers are this. And then I said, and the burgers are this. I read the menu. And so I haven't done that. I haven't done that again. But so, I, so, uh, so so I've been so we've been there, done that is what we're saying. Yeah, but I, I think we lose perspective because there's a recency bias that creeps into all these things. It seems like the worst because it's the most recent. But that's not look. We had people that want to get rid of Dan. We had people that want to get rid of Morehead. We we've always had people that want to get rid of who's there. Um, now let's let's look at it and say. Um, we we got to improve, and that we're not uh, we're not breaking any state secrets by saying that, right? That's pretty obvious. And what I would argue is this is a really big week upcoming. It is. Um, and I've always felt like I didn't expect to beat LSU. Let me be clear about that. In fact, I told you yesterday morning I expected to get beat thirty-five to seven. Told several people that when they said, "What's your honest prediction?" I said, "We're going to get beat," and I think we're going to be pretty bad. But I didn't. I kind of thought it'd be like a 21, 28, maybe at the end of the third. You, you know, get what yeah. I'm saying, attack on a couple late. I didn't think it would be like it was yesterday. And now the good news is it doesn't have to be permanent. It can be repaired. I think one of the things that makes it difficult and one of the real litmus tests for a coaching staff is how do you react to a first loss. And one thing dating back to at least 1941 that every MSU coach can say is they've had to react to a loss. <laughs> we have, that never, year we had to react to a tie, didn't we? Yeah, we had a tie to put up with that year. Um, but if you if you go and you say, you think about the summer, right? What do these guys do all summer long? Think this is my year, both individually and as a team. We're ready. We're tougher. We're all these things. And players buy into all that. And so as much as we thought Arizona might have been a wake-up call, last night, and I've had a chance to see several players, but last night punched them in the face. And they're looking for answers, and you kind of come out of that delusional stage where, hey, we're <laughs> going to win the whole thing, right? 
And now you got to wake up. And so the question is, how do you react? How do you get off the mat? How do you get off the canvas and go to South Carolina, which I always thought would be a tough place to play? Well, because um, it's a first road trip. Hey, you mentioned LSU and a walkthrough. Did you see on the TV yesterday where they did have a walkthrough at the car dealership in West Point? Did you see that? No, I did not. And I just happened to be standing beside a TV, and they were talking about how they, they had a walkthrough, and it was at uh, it was at Cannon, Mike McGill's place up at uh, West Point. And, of course, uh, I'm going to transition that into Cannon Ford of Startville. And that's one of the great things about Cannon is they got so many dealerships. And so you can go to Cannon Ford in Startville and look for a new or used car. And even if they don't have it, they have all these dealerships around the state of Mississippi and different states that they can – Call those other dealerships and say, hey, shoot me that Jeep over here. I got somebody that wants it. I got that Ford over here. What I, I got somebody that wants it here in Starville. That's what Chris Keene and those guys can do. Newer used cars. Their body shop is fantastic. You can go to the service center. They'll rotate your tires. They'll give you a spray and bed liner. They won't give it to you, but they'll give you a good deal on it. And so our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starville, just east of Starville on Highway 182, great sales staff, service center, as we said, and then the body shop. And so go over and see our good friends at Cannon Ford. And if they don't have what you want, as we said, just like they do in West Point, they've got a lot of different dealerships around the state. They can find you exactly what you're looking for. How'd you like that transition? Well, you said it with a little more enthusiasm than I could have mustered, but that's <laughs> it's all right. All right, so let me ask you this. If you're Zach Arnett this morning and everybody wants to play coach, all right? So let's play coach. Let's play coach. And I'm going to talk about Dauber from coach, all right? What was the other guys? What was the head coach's name? Wasn't Norman Dale. That was Hoosiers. He was Hayden Fox. Yeah, Hayden Fox. Okay, so you're Hayden Fox, Zach Arnett. You're walking in the office today. You're after- looking at Luther. As you're, that's yeah, yeah, and so you're, you're thinking back to what happened in the game, and we talked about we uh, we had several areas yesterday where we did not perform up to the standards that uh, we would like to see. What are you talking about this morning when you walk over in the office? Well, I think if I'm the head coach, I'm probably a little bit irrational as I come in today, and it really starts out with one of those. I don't care what you got to do to get it fixed. Get it fixed. And I think the next thing that I'm doing is I'm calling a team meeting this afternoon and I'm saying to everybody, I've told our coaches, I don't care what you got to do to get it fixed, get it fixed. But on Monday, when you guys walk in here tomorrow, every job's open. You want to you wanna be the guy? Practice well and you'll play. And I think I would mean it. And I'm, I mean it for every position. Unfortunately, I think one of the things about college football is – or pro football or anything else, um, you can't always be nice about it as a coach, right? And I think right now there are a lot of guys that need to be challenged, whether that's across the offensive line, secondary, skill positions, you name it. Um, we got to get better. Yeah, and I, th- I think um, looking back yesterday, and not to pick on anybody and not to pick on any certain group, but to me, you know, it all starts with blocking and tackling. And – we didn't block it well yesterday. We didn't block it well in the second half against Arizona. And we didn't so, defeat blocks well. Didn't defeat blocks well. 
to me, is that the the biggest concern? Yeah, we, we we missed some passes. We had receivers that dropped a couple passes. We had receivers and quarterback not on the same page of what way they're running routes. Which brings up another question. You know, we we start thinking about offensive line and doing something different, run blocking versus you know what you did in the air raid system. But what were we taught? are told over the last few years about the air raid system, about how there's so much on the receiver and the quarterback to pretty much read open space. And let me tell you this. One of the the great regrets of my life is not being taught or not understanding the importance of learning a second language. That's one of the things I want all my kids to do is learn a second language. To me, it looks like you've got an offense right now that's trying to learn a second language. I think that's fair. I think back to, remember when we had as a guest on, right at Leach's first time, we had the former quarterback from Washington State. Luke Falk. Yeah, Luke Falk still holds all the Pac-12 records for passing, which will stand forever as that conference goes away. Now it's the Pac-2 or whatever it is. But Luke Falk came in. Tupac. So Luke Falk came in, and what did he tell us when we were visiting with him? He said, the reason that K.J. Costello is struggling is because the way that you read and you execute your reads in the air raid are different than they are in any other offense. And he talked about that being one of the things he struggled with as he went pro. In the air raid, you don't even read defenses. You know, somebody told me the story one time, Leach, when the team would leave the field, the very first thing he would do is take all his quarterbacks in a room, and they would have stats up on the board from the first half and – Leach would always go, well, they were in zone defense this many times, but you don't care. The point being, you don't care what they're in. You're reading for these green spaces and getting the ball there. And that was very different than what Costello did at Stanford. And and I have to think that what we're doing now is very different than what we have been doing. And so I think that's probably one of the best analogies I can think of is we're now trying to all speak a different language and we hadn't all gotten fluent in it. <laughs> or conversational, for that matter. No. See? No. <laughs> I don't. I still don't know a whole lot. But one of these days, I'm going to learn something, Charlie. I'm going to learn Italian. Can you imagine me going to, to Florence, Italy, and speaking fluently of the, the native language? I don't think I have to spend a lot of time thinking about that possibility. <laughs> but so if you... If you take that premise, then the question is how quick can you get up to speed and how fast can you fix it? Because well, let's face it, you can't undo what we're doing. You you can't now say, all right, this isn't working. Let's go to the air raid. Oh, no, you, you can't do that at all. And then, you know, well, you're you, turning the battleship. You can't turn it around. Yeah, I guess one of the things you got to do is you got to figure out, okay, how do we give our guys an opportunity to compete? And you can't compete when you're getting pressure every single time as a quarterback. Let me – okay, all right, which brings now, up – Let's be fair. Um, when you don't get the pressure – got to make throws. you got to make throws. And the other thing you can't do is you can't be – like we talked about Jaden DeLara two years ago. If you get to somebody enough, they start seeing when it's not there. Yeah. And um, we, uh, we just aren't in sync at, at any – at any spot right now, although I'd say Woody Marks is running the ball pretty well. Yeah, Woody is running the ball really well. Our punter's punting it well, as we said. 
Hey, let me ask you this question. Looking at the first half yesterday, and you brought up a stat, and Matt talked about it as well in the post game about the number of throws we had yesterday compared to runs in the first half. And, of course, in the second half against Arizona, all we did was run the football, and everybody's crying and yelling and screaming, saying, hey, why are we not throwing the football? We've got to throw the football. We've got to throw the football. Do you think yesterday in the first half may have been an overreaction to what you saw the week before or an overcompensation of what you saw the week before of not throwing the football in the second half? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the things one of the things that came out of this be a little bit of a long answer, but stick with me here. One of the things that happened after the game in questions both to Will Rogers and to Zach Arnett, the question was asked, What'd you think about the student section cheering for your backup? Don't necessarily love the inquiry, but such so it is. Um, basically what Arnett said, and this and again, I want to go back to what we're saying, I'm not preaching. I'm just giving you my opinion. Whether he should have said this or not, his answer is exactly true, which is we don't spend a lot of time worrying about chance coming from the student section. You shouldn't. You're coaching a football game. This isn't America's Got Talent. We're not going to the phones and taking votes on play calls. Of course he's not. Now, is that how you should say it? Maybe that's the thing. But – being what the world is now, we want to, you know, turn that into a Twitter war. Um, Will Rogers basically said something, hey, I don't care. Um, I'm just listening. I, if it's not in this locker room, I don't care. And, of course, people got offended by that. Um, I laugh a little bit about people getting offended by that, though, because a lot of people missed, you know, in 2014 when we were number one in the country, you remember the the slogan that came out? Was it, we all we got, we all we need? Yeah, we all we got, we all we need. Well, like a lot of people were thinking, man, this is cool. And they start, like, using the slogan. What, what they didn't realize is what the team was basically saying is we don't care about outside noise. The we was that locker room. We all we got, we all we need. They kind of – people kind of missed the – Saying the same – subtle. Yeah, saying the same thing but saying it in a different way. Packaging was much better, right? <laughs> okay. So the packaging into that slogan <laughs> actually conveyed conveyed the same sentiment. So in any event, to get back to the premise, I would argue that it is possible. I don't know that this is the answer. But when we came out and threw the ball on first down to start that game yesterday, somebody sitting next to me basically said, hey, they're answering what people have been saying. And then I thought, uh-oh, I hope they're not listening to what people are saying. Because <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like this mix of listen to us, dang it. Well, you shouldn't have been listening to us. Why were we, you know, (laughs) there's this fine line there. I don't know. That's the one thing. And, again, just one guy's view, right? Big First Amendment guy, say what you want to. I don't love the way right now that we want to pretend that we're this, quote, family. And then you go to Twitter and you see people just tagging players in tweets, telling them they suck, they're no good, quit, leave. And then can't wonder, you know, what, you know, it's an NIL world. They should – they can take it now. They're getting NIL. Of course, most of those people aren't actually contributing to NIL who are saying those things. <laughs> but, but you know, it's this mix, right, of, hey, come join the family. You'll love it here. Why don't people want to sign with us? Oh, and by the way, everybody who has come that we asked you to come, you're all no good leave. You know, <laughs> that's, the, that's well, the frustrating thing. I, and I, I get it. This is, like, so idealistic that it is – Beyond even consideration, right? It will never happen. 
but just once you'd kind of like just the old, I'll say, that, you know, just the old school spirit, right? You know, hey, get them next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we talk about listening to people, listening to outside noise, listening to people. And here's the thing that I think a lot of people are doing right now, Charlie, is listening to us. Because you wouldn't believe the number of people that I saw yesterday at the game that walked up and said, let me tell you, I went to Maroon and Company. I went to Maroon and Company, and I bought that maroon shirt. I brought I bought that cowbell, and I told them, left field 15 for the promo code when they were going to check out. They were like, hey, it worked. So you can use it at the store. You can use it online at maroonandco.com. They'll give you 15% off your entire purchase. And they do have some really good stuff. They got here. some cool stuff. And those guys are killing it. Oh, they really are. It's right there by campus, right next to Chick-fil-A. And so it's very close to campus if you're coming up on a game day. But if you're at home, you're like, you know what? I'm coming to the game in a couple of weeks against Alabama. I don't know if I want to fight crowds. Go ahead and order it online, and they'll ship it to you. But they also have that 90s interlocking MSU. They got the state script stuff on their shirts. You can go to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU for that interlocking MSU stuff. We're going to wear that the homecoming game against Kentucky in a few weeks. And so Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace, make sure you do all your shopping for that Mississippi State logoed stuff at Maroon and Company. All right, Bart, you asked me my thoughts on what I would do. What are you, what are you doing if you're the head coach right now? Well, I'm telling you what I do is going back to the whole thing. You can't do anything unless you can block. And yesterday at times we were giving up pressure with five offensive linemen and three guys in a down line spot. All right. Help me out then. Okay. Because I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got to ask this question. Weren't we most concerned coming into this year for a group that had been backing up blocking that it was going to be run blocking that was going to be the challenge. Why are we having trouble pass blocking? I don't know. I guess instead of, you know, one thing being your mind, you've got two things. We look like a team that's out there swimming in our head right now. We look – every every aspect of the game looks like the guy that's come to the plate who's over his last nine and he just can't see curveball and that's all he's getting. Does that make any sense? It looks like we're our heads are swimming in every direction whether it be receiver, quarterback, offensive line, it just looks like we're not playing with any confidence whatsoever. Is that a bad analogy? I was thinking to make it more relevant to Mississippi State, you might have said something about throwing strikes, but we'll, well, we'll leave that. Not going there. Okay. Not going there. The first thing i got to do is figure out a way to give yourself time to throw the football, one, or run the football. And so if you're throwing the football, the one of the things about the air raid, all right, well, that we always said it was kind of frustrating because early in the first, second year, well, sometimes in the third year, we were giving up pressure with a three-down lineman against five linemen, against our five offensive linemen. And what was the thought process and what, were, what was the reaction to that? Well, this is what the air raid is. You've got four wide receivers. You don't have a tight end. You don't block a whole lot with your backs because they're such a big part of the running game. This ain't the air raid anymore. I don't, know, I don't care if you've got to leave two tight ends in. Use running backs, even though we did use a running back a couple times yesterday and they got blown up in pass blocking. But you have got to figure out a way to protect the quarterback when you're throwing the football. That's, to me, A number one. Well, and, and then, though, I think you you got to ask the next question. If you can't protect the quarterback, then you got to start thinking about a system that 
where the quarterback protects himself. Yeah, you got to – yeah, you do. And so then what does your offense become? Then is it is it mesh points and read option? That ain't Will. No, it's not. Nor is it what we've, I think, been practicing for. I mean, it's just a mess. It is. It but is. But now South Carolina went on the road. I don't know that Georgia's great. They're not playing well right now. But they did go to Georgia. Here's the other thing, though. Let's let's take a one back up for a moment. I don't think the SEC is very good this year. Alabama didn't play well at all yesterday. Ole Miss didn't play well in the first half. They played great in the second half against Georgia Tech. Hey, let me tell you, it's not going to surprise me at all if they don't go to Tuscaloosa this weekend and win. No, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Now, going back to what – you know, what we talk about all the time is Zach Arnett actually said this in the post game yesterday. You can't let one loss turn into two. And one of the hardest things to do as a coach is when you get popped in the mouth to build that confidence back and let that team understand in the locker room, hey, we can go over here and do this. I think the reaction to what we did this week against LSU, I think this may be the biggest week of the year in the next seven days. It sure feels that way. And I'm not saying from a win loss standpoint. I think you're going to know a lot about this team in the first half Saturday night in Columbia. There's really no way around it, is there? I think you're right. I think the challenge for us right now is, hey, again, I just I think you have to go back and say, we didn't play well on either side of the football. And so what you're asking, it's not just a situation where you have those times where, man, the offense is bad. Thank God we got a good defense, right? I mean, we – somebody somewhere on that team is going to have to emerge a little bit next weekend. We're going to have to figure out things on the back end of the defense. But let me tell you, man, we got to get home with some pass rush too. Yeah, we do. You got to figure out a way to get off the field. LSU had the football yesterday almost 39 minutes. I mean, they're closing in on having the ball two, you know, two-thirds of the game. And so you got to get off the field, and the offense has got to stay on the field. I mean, it's just, I, mean I know that's simple. Some things in life are just not as simple, but that's simple. Well, we have yesterday two big plays. Yeah. And, you know, that was the thing that we talked about in the offseason was wanting to be more explosive, and we just weren't. But, again, I mean, like I said, coming in, we could sit here. It doesn't matter what stat you want to go through. didn't work out. And so now I think – I'll just say this. I can't believe – that our scheme is so bad that it leads to losing 41-14. I can't believe that our players are so inferior that it leads to getting beat the way we did. It just feels like yesterday was one of those days, and there just can't afford to be more, where everybody associated with the effort is going to have to look in the mirror and say, I didn't have my best day. Yeah. Or for that matter – even my second worst day. Hey, I tell you what, I do have a question about that. But before we do that, hey, let's talk about our friends at Howard Technology Solutions. It's a Mississippi-based company down in Jones County. They've got over 4,000 employees. Mr. Billy Howard started that company back in 1960. And they have continued to grow. Anything in the technology world, go to howardcomputers.com. You'll be amazed at how they can help your business, your local government, Hey, you know they do – so I've been, like, playing on their website because I'm going to be honest with you, Bart. When you start talking about government and K-12, I, I kind of glaze over a little bit. But let me tell you what they do, okay? It's like smart classrooms is what they can do. That's but what I mean by like K-12. boards. 
Do they? Yeah. So, like, if you want to go to a drive-thru, you got a restaurant, you got a drive-thru board, they can help you. So, big, big monitors, man. They can do all sorts of stuff. Man, they got some really cool things. And food and beverage, retail, hospitality, healthcare. I told you, like, the little carts they push around, right, with computers on them. They can do all that stuff for you. But what I want, and I think they can do this for me, is I want the ability to come put my thumb on a little device and get into my office, not have to use keys. They can do all that stuff. Yep. Security with cameras about entry points. See, the K-12 thing, and I here's what's bad. That's like a big deal, right? It is. But I survived. My kids are out. <laughs> I've moved on. Hey, and here's another thing, too. We're talking about just Mississippi. I mean, this company is nationwide. Have you seen the deals they make for people, like where you can go up and you can say, I want this beverage, and it'll mix it for you? And I want this beverage with a splash of cranberry. And here you go. Here you go. I mean, that's the cool thing is if you want to do it, they can, they do, can it. do it. They can do it. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com. And, hey, if you see Rusty Toms, if you see David Perkins, you can do like our good friend John Hill did last week and go up and remind them how great they used to be when they played baseball here. Much to the chagrin of the others around him. Yes, the other people around. We're going to have to listen to this. <laughs> hey, one thing, no lie, they do have, like, so these, if you want something in your business where people can come up and like a kiosk kind of thing, right? You can come in, put your order in, you can put your questions in. They got all that. Take your temperature, you name it. Yep. They got cool stuff. If you were a consultant for Zach Arnett, and I love Zach. Zach's a great guy to be around. He's a smart guy, great conversationalist. He said after the game yesterday, and he said it after Arizona too, he's kind of an old school coach where he says, I'm the head coach, the buck stops with me. And so, yes, Harry S. Truman kind of approach. Yeah, right? yesterday it was, hey, we didn't we didn't game plan well. Our game plan was bad, and it was really talking about coaches. If you were talking to Zach Arnett, and you don't want to call out players, you can't do that. But at the end of the day, execution is the, is the biggest part of a game plan. And so, I'm not saying place the blame on players, but hey, we uh, so. As you've done, you know, traveling around with teams, we were up at, I think, Missouri maybe, and they have the backdrop set up for the post-game press conference. And there's about five of us there. So it's the day before the game, but I just went and sat in front of the screen like I was the coach. And, then, you know, somebody says, Coach, you know what happened to your team today? You lose by 30. And so I just played along and say, hey, look, um, we were, what, one of 18 uh, shooting wide open three-pointers. But you know what? That's on me. That is on me for not having my team ready to play. Um, you know, look at the stat sheet, uh, four technical fouls. That's on me. Um, yeah, that's a bad coaching job. Uh, say we dribbled three balls off our foot. That, candidly, we did not get him prepared to dribble the basketball today. I think I would be very tempted at some point <laughs> if I were. A, hey, we, we missed a wide-open throw, and obviously we didn't do. You know, or, hey, our receiver went the wrong way. We, we It's uh, – it's frustrating. I do think, though, that um, in all seriousness, I, I think Zach probably, because he is that style, is probably a little bit too quick to say, we weren't any good, that's on me. You know, he did that last year. Let me give you an example, and this kind of shows who Zach Arnett is. We played the bowl game last year, and Zach 
had basically told everybody, I will call the timeouts. Nobody else call one. We get tackled down around the two, three, whatever it was. And the plan was going to be that we're either going to – we're going to have one last play, and we're going to kick the field goal win, or we're going to go to overtime. And so we have a coach come running down the field screaming timeout. Coach is not here anymore. Wasn't going to be here anymore. But he comes running down the field screaming timeout, timeout, timeout. That timeout taken when it did is what forced us to have to kick off. And you remember things got a little interesting. It did. On that kickoff. In the post-game press conference when he was asked about it, Zach Arnett said, hey, that's on me, first game head coach. I've got to do a better job. He could have easily pulled a Steve Spurrier there and said, well, let's go ask Coach so-and-so. Remember when Spurrier was like at yeah. South Carolina <laughs> and say, Coach, you didn't cover well today. What happened? Hey, well, somebody get Coach Cooper, bring him in here. Coach, they want to know why he didn't cover well. Zach Arnett's not going to be that kind of guy. Um, look, he, he – I think you do have – there's a fine line uh, between calling people out. I would say just as a general rule, though, I think Zach is probably a little bit too quick to point inward and uh, maybe maybe help escape from giving a longer answer to what a problem is. Yeah. Hey, um, can't say I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. Well, here's what I haven't gotten from you before you try to get out of here and go watch baseball. What I've not gotten from you is any reason to be hopeful. I mean, if there's one thing you have done on this show, Bart. Spring hope. You have been half full. And I am looking, searching, desperately seeking the 50% full, the half full Bart. Hope is a town in Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I think yesterday what you saw was we played poorly against a really good football team. And – I'm going to reserve my hopefulness until next Sunday because I think this weekend is going to tell you a lot. This is a winnable football game on the road, and I'm going to reserve my judgment until next week. Is that a cop-out? No, it's it's not. Um, like I said, we've seen these losses before. Uh, even in 98, we went down to LSU and got just 41-6. Hammered. Yeah. And so it, this has happened, and you've turned around and had good years. So – I am not one who believes, hey, the ceiling is five wins or six wins. I'm not ready to go there. What I am ready to say, though, is we need to get a lot of work done this week. Yep. Hey, once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com for that great Bulldog gear. They're in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. Maroonandco.com. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage, Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi. Go to countrypleasing.com. They, they're in all the grocery stores in the south and make Country Pleasing your selection for your tailgate. Howard Technology Solutions, howardcomputers.com. You'll be amazed at all this Mississippi company does. Cannon Ford of Starkville, nobody beats a Cannon deal, nobody. We had our tracks, our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday, and uh, hopefully we'll have some really good numbers this coming Friday on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Go to tracksplus.com to see all the heavy machinery that they have. Two Brothers Smoke Meats as well, and so Startle CVB for all those guys. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.